Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Smallest Box Possible. My name is Jason Robinson, I am the founder of Free Radical Labs and I am your host for this podcast. Hope everyone's doing really well today. It's uh, It's been a year and so I wanted to take a moment to reflect on 2020 and kind of the, the literal uh, dumpster fire that it was. But more specifically from a business perspective and some of the things that uh, we as a business learned in, uh, in 2020. And one of the key things I wanted to focus on was some of the more uh, financial lessons that we learned, uh, especially as it relates uh, to the Paycheck Protection Program or PPP. Now, um, at the time of recording this, uh, PPP Round 2 is available uh, for small businesses. And I wanted to take a step back and kind of share our experiences um, in dealing with other businesses and how they kind of navigated the process and why ultimately we didn't go through, um, we didn't really seek the PPP funding for a couple of reasons. One of the things I wanted to touch on was how to set yourself up so that if this were to happen again, that you're prepared as a business. And I, I kind of need to take a take a step back to kind of the beginning of your business formation. And first off, understanding um, which which entity is right for you, which is a, a whole that is a whole other um, a whole other conversation. Um, and that's really one where I want to bring an expert in. But really, when we focus on the financial aspects, kind of the really the banking relationship aspects. That's what I want to focus on today. And and the reason why is I saw this meme the other day on Facebook. Or I don't know if you can call it a meme, but it was some, you know, how things kind of float around and they're not really true. And it was, hey, take your stimulus money, get yourself an LLC, get a prepaid credit card, pay it down, and then you've got perfect business credit. And a friend of mine who is a small business owner had posted that and basically just called it out for the, the really the lie that it is. And I think what that does when, when people see these things is it takes advantage of an individual's kind of naivete as it pertains to how commercial kind of a commercial business relationship works because it's, it's not the same. It's, it's not, it is not the same as your, your, you know, personal business. Um, and they shouldn't be your, your personal business relationship and your banking business relationship, excuse me, need to be two entirely different things because they're two entirely different entities because as your business grows, you can't treat it like it's your personal checking account. You, you just can't. The stakes are much, are, are much bigger uh, than that. And one of the things I wanted to touch on was when you're starting a business, your personal credit, especially if you're looking at LLC, sole proprietorship, whatever is legally appropriate for you, you're, when you start a business, you can't go in expecting that, oh, well, I've got this new business and this bank is going to give me a, a credit card. That is ludicrous because that's like walking into a bank and saying, hey, I have no idea. You have no clue who I am. I want you to loan me money. And I think people have an emotional reaction when they see, you know, on the outside looking in when they're not a business owner, they have an emotional reaction to what they're seeing and saying, oh, oh, is that all it takes? You know, I saw it on Facebook, so it must be real. 
Um, but it, it doesn't work that way. And, and really over the course of this year, uh, I had a chance to sit in on some kind of listening sessions and some lunch and learn sessions with other small businesses. And one of the things that we talked about uh, was really the journey of business financing and business banking. And the biggest, I think the biggest takeaway that I want people to understand is it's going to start with you. Unless you start some big S corp or something where you have a ton of shareholders and it gets really complex. If you're starting a small business where you are the face of the business, ultimately the business's credit is going to be based off of your credit. And so I really want people to understand that you just can't go off and say, oh, well, I just want a prepaid, you know, business credit card. I don't even know if those things exist. Um, And so step one is if you're really serious about this, you need to get your credit together because so many lending decisions, um, especially if you're a business like we are, where one of our first our first major purchases that were that required what's called a UCC filing was when we bought our laser they didn't, they were like, oh, you're a new business. That's cool. But we want to see your personal credit. Now, thankfully I have been meticulous in making sure that my credit is straight, but unfortunately not everyone is in that same position for whatever reason, whether it's been negligence or whether it's been a divorce or whether it's been, you know, identity theft, all these things have happened. But something that you need to be cognizant of is the fact that when you're starting out, these lending decisions are going to be based on your business or going to be based on your personal credit because you, your business is new. It's something that could be created in just a little bit of time. Um, and it, it doesn't have a reputation. No one knows who or what it is from a business perspective. And especially because you have to remember banks deal with what they can see, not how they feel, not, Oh, I've got a good idea about this. If you don't come in with your ducks in a row, you're probably not going to walk out with, the ex with your expected result, they're going to at a bare minimum, you know, they're going to want to say a business plan. They're going to want to see your articles of incorporation. They're going to want to see those things that say this person is legit. And I saw so many businesses that were not able to seek PPP funding that would have otherwise been, um, been able to receive that funding or been eligible for that funding simply because they didn't have the proper relationship with their bank or a lending institution. Now, when we looked at round one, uh, when round one happened kind of in the spring or the spring summer of um, 2020, one of the things that a lot of people felt, you know, they felt left out about was the fact that um, if you were going through a bank um, or to seek PPP funding, the banks were requiring that you had to have been um, had a commercial lending relationship um, like a, a credit card or a line of credit um, and like a bank account and a business banking account, uh, checking account, especially with some banks. If you didn't have that, they weren't going to extend or they weren't going to make you eligible to even apply. Like you had to check these, you had to check these early boxes. And a lot of people felt disenfranchised, but you have to understand that this was designed to protect businesses and something that I've seen and something that I've, I've come to understand is a lot of people are think they're in business, but legally they're not in business. Because if you don't have all of your ducks in a row, if you don't have all of your stuff ready with the state, all of your things ready with your municipality, your locality, you don't exist 
on paper. You may have been collecting money and doing all this other stuff for years, but if you're not legal on paper, you're not going to be able to get this funding. You're not going to be able to get these things that other businesses are going to are able to get. And it's it's just that simple. And I saw so many businesses that said, you know, I went through kind of a cohort with other businesses talking about, well, I've been in business for 15 years and I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And then they're like, oh, well, I got to get my articles and corporations straightened out or I, I got to get them submitted. And ultimately, you may have been taking people's money for 15 years, but you you weren't in business. And a lot of chickens kind of came home to roost this year with people realizing that they weren't going to be able to get funding because they were not satisfying the basic requirements of of this commercially existing from a banking perspective. And I think the first step of that and, and what's going to help you get in the door is you've, you've got to make sure your personal credit is, is together because those initial decisions are going to be made based solely, almost solely on your personal credit. Who is the, who, who's the name of, or who's the face of this operation? Who's willing to put their details on the line as basically a guarantor of all this stuff that, that you're going to get for this business. And that's what really irked me when I saw that thing on Facebook, because people think, oh, well, I'm just going to go get an LLC and then I'm going to go get this money. And then my business is going to have, is going to have perfect credit. And it bothers me for so many reasons, not the least of which is that it's really kind of a slap in the face to all these other businesses that have been doing it right and have been struggling along with everybody else. And then you have people coming in and just kind of creating this misinformation wave that it's, oh, this is this is all you need to do. So that was that really crawled under my skin, especially because these a lot of times when you start a business, it's like your child. It is like because it, it dominates your time. It's, it's just like having a child. There's no regular schedule. It dominates your time. Things go wrong at the at the least opportune moments. But what you have to remember is is that you have to understand the rules that you need to play by. And there are financial rules that you have to play by. And and there's nothing wrong with still having that sense of kind of that outlaw spirit of, oh, well, I'm doing this and I'm hustling through this and I'm hustling through that. that that's all well and good. But as we've seen in situations like, like this pandemic, those who are still have that spirit, but those who are legally prepared are able to, to reap the benefits of their preparedness. And sometimes it's as simple as learning to ask the right questions and saying, hey, I would like to start a, a commercial business relationship with you, go, talking to a financial institution. What do I need? What can I do? Because banks want to do business with you. If you've ever seen the fees associated with a business checking account, you know they want to do business with you because they know they're going to get their money. Look at look at interest rates on business credit cards. Look at, at business lending terms. The business the bank is in the business of making money. Yeah, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna help you out, but everyone's trying to do what's in everyone's financial interest. And that's something that you have to remember. People's and institutions' decisions aren't necessarily always um, aligned with what's quote unquote right. A lot of times it's aligned with what's in our best financial interest to do. And in keeping with that, you have to understand that when you go in and you say, hey, I'd like to start this business relationship and here's my business. If your business 
you know, if you're switching banks and you've been established business and, and you've got UCC filings and you've got a Dunn's number and you've got a Dunn's credit report, that is a completely different thing. But if you're brand new and you go in and they say, hey, what's your, you know, what's your EIN? Um, and, and you look at them kind of blank. That doesn't that doesn't start out very well. That when if you don't if you don't go in with your ducks in a row. So really you need to make sure that you do your research beforehand because we never know when this is going to happen again. We never know when there's a situation where you need to go in and you need to be able to say, look, here's everything about my business. Here's our business plan. Here's our financials, which I'll touch on in a second. Here's all of our, you know, here's my state, my state numbers, my state registration, like we're based out of Georgia. I can go in and say, look, this is this is my filing number with the state. This is my sales tax account. This is my business license um, for Clark County where we're located. Here's all the things. And that's going to that's going to ensure when you walk in and say, I, you know, I want to start a, a business relationship. That's going to that's going to ensure that it's going to make everyone feel a little bit more comfortable. If you at least have those basics down, they're more willing to work with you. If you can say, look, you know, we're just starting out, but I've ticked all of these boxes that have brought me to this point. And what I saw when I was going through kind of some classes and some cohorts on, you know, it's 2020, it's a pandemic. What are we going to do? I saw, unfortunately, a lot of businesses were like, yeah, I've been, I've been running um, all my transactions through my, my personal account. And I mean, that, that just, that just made me cringe a little bit to, to think that someone who says, you know, they've been in business for, you know, five years has been running all of these transactions. And maybe I think it's through kind of the lens of us because we literally have, you know, thousands of transactions a month and, and you're running that through your personal, your personal account. It's gotta be an accounting nightmare. And so really understanding that if this is something that you want to do, you need to do it right. And if you do it right from the beginning, it makes life so much easier down the line. And, and one of the things that I really took away from this year is that you, as, as a business owner, sometimes you just have to kind of defer to the professionals. And especially with financial professionals, because yes, you are going to pay. It is going to cost you money, but you need to be able to bake that into the cost of your services that you provide other people, that you have a competent team of individuals who, if you don't have somebody in-house handling your books, you need to have a bookkeeper or an accountant or somebody that is absolutely handling your business on that side, because it is so much easier when these next, you know, it, let's say there's a PPP round three that comes out, or let's say there's all sorts of, you know, the new administration brings out um, more grants or more opportunities for lending for, you know, affected businesses. They're going to say, hey, we want to see your books from 2020. We want to see your books from 2019. We want to see what, what things changed. And if you look at them with a blank stare, um, it's, not gonna, it's, it's just not going to work out well for you. You have to be able to say, here's this, here's that, here's this. You have to be able to speak the language and understand what's going on. And I think that's such an aspect of business that people have looked beyond because they're just like, oh, we're just, you know, we're getting our money and that's great. But 
it's one thing to say you're getting money, but it's a completely different thing when you've got to go to the bank or you've got to go to this entity or that entity, and they want to see that you're getting money because that's literally where you've got to put your cards down because that's there. You can, you know, talk is cheap. I'll never forget it. when I was high school, when I was in high school, I had a physics professor and and our physics teacher, and I was trying to explain to her that I was doing all this studying, and and I wasn't really doing it. And she just looked me dead in the face, and she said, talk is cheap. You need to show me what's going on. And I think it's like laying your soul out a little bit when you go into these situations, and you have to talk about your business's finances, because you know, it's a touchy subject. Even it's something that we don't want to talk about. You don't just go and you don't meet somebody and you don't have one of those single serving airplane conversations and say, Hey, how much money do you make? It's rude. And so I think there's that kind of carries over to the business. Like, you know, a lot of businesses will tell you, Hey, this is, you know, how much revenue we had last year, but they're not going to tell you about profit. They're not going to tell you how much money they actually made because you can have a mountain of revenue. There, there, there are, you know, fortune 500 companies that have billions of dollars worth of revenue, but may be taking a loss for the year because it literally costs them more to be in existence than they made. And so really looking back from the financial side of 2020, it was an eye-opening experience. And we were fortunate that we had these business relationships, but we also got caught in this weird space where like a lot of businesses, when you first start out or you kind of like we did, you pivot, you bring in new equipment, you're not necessarily making, you're not necessarily making money. You're solvent, but you're not making this profit. And that was one of the things that really um, that excluded us from PPP and that we weren't taking any money home. I wasn't taking money home because everything that I was making was going back into the business. So I wasn't doing what they call an owner's draw where I was taking money out. And so we kind of, you know, we just kind of basically broke even and that really didn't put us in a position to get PPP, but we weren't expecting it because we had kind of come off of this really good third quarter, really good fourth quarter of 2019 a really good start to the to the beginning of 2020. I mean, Q1 Q1 2020, we were excited and then the bottom fell out. And so it you know, it it wasn't it wasn't the most ideal situation for us, but it, at least we kind of had a leg up and I want to share that experience with people so they can have that same leg up, you know, if something like this happens in the future in that you need to make sure that you get your you get a solid team built around you and it's going to cost you money. It is just like having a good web designer, it just like having a good attorney, you need to have good financial people and the money that you're spending up front is a worthwhile investment because if they're doing their job, they're just shooting you emails like, "Hey, here's your quarterly statements, here's this, here's that." They're handling everything for you and that's ultimately what you're paying them for. If you have a lawn service, you're good at or you should be good at what all everything that entails or all all the kind of intricacies of doing great lawn service. That's what that's where you should be focused. But if you're not big enough to have in-house finance, um, all these other in-house things, in-house HR, then you have to outsource that. These are things that you need, but you still need to be able to access those things, even if it's, you know, even if it's on a consultation basis to where you're paying someone X amount a month uh, to do this or, you know, X amount this quarter, X amount, um, you know, per consultation to handle things for you. You still need to have professionals handling things for you. Think if you think about it, it's kind of the self-actualization where you're like, okay, 
people come to me because I provide this service, you should be just as willing to go to people that are specialized in whatever service that they provide. So there's going to be some sticker shock. There's always sticker shock when you're like, wow, an accountant is how much? Or a bookkeeper is how much? Or an attorney is how much? There's there's going to be that sticker shock. But ultimately, it's much better to have that up front because surprises, the sticker shock is much worse from surprises. If you think about it, if you have a car and they say, hey, oil changes need to happen every three months and they're 50 bucks. And you pay fifty bucks every three months on average, you know. Yeah, that's a hundred. That's one hundred and fifty dollars a quarter. Okay, but let's say you don't do that. Now the uncertainty builds. Now we have this idea of okay, well something's going to go wrong. Something is eventually going to go wrong. How much is how much is it going to cost? Oh well, now I have this very complex engine. I haven't changed the oil. This this and this happens. The repair is now five thousand bucks. And it's not covered by your warranty because you never got your oil changed. So you could have either paid your little 50 bucks, you know, every three months or, you know, was $300, $200 a quarter. Sorry, I can't do math today. Or $200 a year to get your um, $200 a year to kind of keep your oil changed. Or now you have this three, four, five thousand dollar $5,000 bill that no one's going to cover except you because you kind of just let it run off willy-nilly. So it's kind of the what you can foresee and what you can understand as your insurance policy versus, it, versus the unknown. And I think that's so emblematic of what's happened this year in that if you were – if you were taking kind of mitigating your risk by having all of these things done, yes, you may be spending what you consider a lot of money. But then if you have all your ducks in a row, you look at all of these companies that were able to apply day one for PPP money. Like they knew, okay, well, this is, you know, this is our payroll. This is this, this is that. I just got to plug some things in. I already have a relationship with the bank. So all I got to do is log in, bam, 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 submit PPP money approved. And it's because of the preparation. It's because they knew it was coming. They had all their ducks in a row. They had all the information that they needed in hand, ready to go. And when they said, hey, the doors are open, they were, had their, they were the first ones to get their money because they understood what people were looking for. So that was kind of just part one of kind of digesting what happened uh, for us, at least in 2020. Really just a reflection on making sure that, especially from that relationship, that you find a bank that you're comfortable with. Do your research. You need to have a person. You Not just a number to call. You need to have a person at your local bank branch that you can bank with. Because that is so important. Because they're the ones ultimately that are going to go to bat for you. Because of course, remember, banks are in business. They're, they're, you know, they're not friends. They're, they're service providers. They want your business but they also have to be able to say that they're in legitimate business. Not that what you're doing is, you know, overtly illegal, but if you don't have all of your ducks in a row from a paperwork perspective, you're not legal. You're not a legal, you're not a legal entity. So I just wanted to kind of share that so so that, you know, people starting up, if you decide, hey, you know, this corporate, this corporate thing isn't for me, that you can go into this thing knowing that, hey, I really need to make sure that. At every stage of the business, all of my ducks are in a row so that if there's a great opportunity that comes in or someone says, hey, you know, we would like to invest in your business or we're angel investors. Here in Georgia, 
I was reading that, you know, if your business is X, X number of years old, um, if you're under X number of years old, that there are certain tax advantages for angel investors. I don't know if that's still the case, but I took a look at that and our business was too old at that point. But those instances happen. And if someone says, hey, there's around, there's some angel investors coming and you need to pitch your business, they're going to ask you questions. And if you know nothing about the financial situation of your business, that makes that does not lend credence to the fact that you are legitimate. If you can say, oh, well, this is, you know, here's our P&L statement. Uh, you know, this is how much, you know, we made or, you know, this is where we are. Here's our business plan. We're just starting out. These are things that you need to be able to articulate. And if you can't, you just don't, it, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look like you're serious. And unfortunately, businesses, a lot of times, the it's it's being able to, at least on, on some measure, look like you're serious about what you want to do. There's certain instances where you can be as lighthearted as you want, but when it comes down to things like numbers and and legality, those are those tend to be serious topics. So I wanted to kind of leave you with that as we kind of reflect on 2020 and how we can improve in 2021 as a business. I just wanted to put that out there so that if there's anyone out there thinking like, hey, I want to start a business, I implore you, do the research, talk to the experts. You might have to pay some people just for some advice, but make sure that you listen to those experts because that's going to be the difference between you being able to step in on day one if something happens and say, look, I can apply because bam, 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 here's my numbers. Bam, 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 I can upload this PDF, that PDF, here's our documentation, and you're done. It's no hunting, no pecking, no, I don't know what this is. It makes life so much easier. So thank you for listening to this episode. Um, I hope that you were able to take something away from it in terms of how do I need to be prepared just in case this craziness happens again or something similar. It doesn't even have to be a bad thing. It could be something good. But how am I prepared and how important is that relationship that I have with my um, with my financial institution or what do I need to even start a relationship with the financial institution and how important is that to the overall health and longevity of my business. So as always, I'm Jason Robinson. Thank you so much for listening.